You're listening to The Substance on the Yellow Card Podcasting Network. Substance is hosted by Stephen Brandt and former Sounders fan of the year, Duffy Alverson, and brought to you in conjunction with Away Days Football, the makers of high-quality, football-inspired clothing for the casual looking for something to wear to matches. Use code YELLOWCARD at checkout to get 15% off your entire order at awaydaysfootball.com. And now, here's the guys. Wow, I'm going into year eight with the pod. Duffy's year four. Is that that long already? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's been that long. It was wow. I was trying to look I was trying to look at it as far as thinking about when I started this. Mm-hmm. And it's about mid year. It's about mid year two thousand twelve. So I'm I'm yeah. think, I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm like, oh, that makes because Duffy came, Duffy came in just as I was getting into the, just as I was getting into um, doing being a debt collector, and I'm, I'm three years yeah. in um, September, so it'll be four coming up pretty soon. So, yeah, that's but, that's true. You know, right after yeah. the Sounders won the first MLS Cup, I remember. Yeah. So, in other words, right you after the parade. Here, in other words, you being on here just means that the Sounders do well. Yeah, hey, there you go. If, that, if that's the key, then uh, let's yeah, get exactly. extended for another 10 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we're to keep you around for all that because no, you're not you're not going to retire until you're in your 70s at least. So, I mean. No, I want to be the oldest voice in soccer at some point. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a few well, years. I got a few years still. Oh yeah, easily because Ray Ray Hudson's in his seventies by now. Wow. Yeah, he's got to be yeah. because uh, Rongin is sixty. Rongin's in his sixties. Yeah. But that's—I mean—I got to think of the, some of the ones that are still out there. I mean, a lot over in in England are pretty much gone. That are that that old because you really don't see him. I mean, I, I got Liverpool TV recently on one of their um, mm. cheap ones and they don't even yeah. have any of the older people on there. I mean, it's the oldest one that they have that does their, one of their shows is Alan Hansen. Wow. And Hansen, no. Alan's not that old. Right. They still have Martin Tyler kicking around and Martin for me yeah. Martin Tyler is the best uh I don't know he's the best soccer announcer that I've ever heard you know him when it was him and Andy Gray that was my favorite pair cuz you know they were so I mean just their uh their delivery they were so you know Martin's very very proper you know and Andy is just you know I'm I'm an old footballer I'm very excited you know and they just meshed really well before Andy got fired, <laughs> uh, you know. And then when he was here, you know, when he was here for the World Cup, I think what was in 2010 maybe when he was on Fox with Chris Sullivan and they did their little uh, daily World Cup daily. I mean, that was that was a great 
show. So, I mean, Andy Gray's actually really good. Yeah. And he was a great player. So. Oh, God, yeah. That's one of the things but, uh, I want to get into is this this year, I've really never done that much of Everton. Well, let me bring him on anyway, and we can get to talking random stuff. I want right. to do more South American stuff this year, because obviously with the Boca book coming out in May, there's going to have to be a lot more fun. And I realized mm-hmm. when I did that, I have in it, I have Robert Hay as the contributor. So he can't do the, uh, he can't be the host for that show when that comes out. So that's, that's going to be falling on Duffy this year, which is going to be a lot of fun. So anyway, but I'm going to want to do more Brazilian stuff this year because there really mm-hmm. isn't a Brazilian pot out there. So I know I could go, I could just go online to the Santos English guy and go, Hey, can you pop on? So I'm like, I done like Pedro, come on, let's go, let's go talk Brazil for a while. Let's get, let's get you more and more podcasting history so that we can eventually have a Santos pod somewhere down the line. There you go. Boys, how's it going? Mm, hey, great. Bad. How's your new year? Happy new year. And Steven, I gotta, yeah. be, I gotta, I gotta say, I would love for you guys to do more Brazilian content. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the things, Pedro, that I was gonna I was gonna talk to you about because Canary and Blue is gone. Tom, yep. World World Soccer and World Football Index doesn't do really much outside of like the Copa Libertadores pod, which that that one's excellent. I, I that's about the only one that I will still put up with over there. But there really <laughs> isn't anything. You would think with how much media. Santos has Pedro that there would be something. Yeah, you know, it, it is one of those things. I mean, that's really how I mean that was Canarian Blue was one of the inspirations for me to start the account. Um just cuz I you know, I was I wanted a an English language uh Brazilian football podcast for forever. I'm like addicted to podcasts, listen yeah. to a bunch of them. Um, and that just totally hit the spot. I loved Chase and Jimmy, uh, but you know, it's understandable. People get busy, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I totally agree. There's a huge, a huge hole, a gap in the market. Um, and I would love for someone to fill it, you know, it's from time to time. I, I myself think, okay, you know, why don't I just grab a microphone and just, you know, do what I do on Twitter, which is just, you know, say what I'm thinking and um but you know it is I got to give you guys credit um it's it's tough to do it's tough to do you know consistently it's tough to put out a yeah. quality product so um you know and I wouldn't want to do it otherwise so you know I mean just just props to you guys props to Chase and Jimmy who did it for so long I think it's you know almost 2 years um so um yeah I mean I would love for a pod uh, World Football Index. I do listen to those guys from time to time. Um, the BBC Five Live, uh, you know, phone in. Uh, I don't know what the official yeah. name is with Tim Vickery, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. that one's great. You know, they they'll touch on you know Brazilian, but it's not. There's nothing geared towards uh, you know Brazilian football or even just South American. Um, right. 
So, yeah, I'm with you guys. I would love. So if someone's listening now, you know, and you're thinking about starting it, just do it. Yeah. yeah. Victory, I think, lives in Brazil, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah, so, I yeah, think he yeah. is down there. Yeah, that one's not. I like I like those guys anyway, and you know I like that one. I think that's part of like the world football part of yeah, live live or yeah. Yeah, something like mm. that. I listen to that. I listen to that religiously every Saturday morning, and I mean that's been going on for years. And it's funny when Tim goes back home for the holidays, when Dowton does not kick it home, we're going down to, oh, we're going down to Bonyasaris. It's like yeah, and. Tim's actually right next to me, or like Tim will. Put up, I follow Tim on all the other ones, and there's every so you can tell when he's at home is that he will he will be doing it, and he'll have his phone out, and he'll be taking pictures of doubt and doing talking to people and stuff because that one does. That's what people don't realize about that show is that's just a segment for them because doubt and does yeah. six hours. Every night, on just not just football, he does six hours on everything. Wow! So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize doubt in sixty. Yeah. So wow. I have a yeah. question for you: uh, a scouting report. Uh, for um, I think he plays for Bahia. Uh, he's a number six. His, Gregor is his name because he's a Sounders target. And um, I hear where you know I, I I try not to listen to too many uh, transfer rumors, but you know it's Nico Moreno when he he's a I don't know if you know who Nico is. He does uh, he's a Sounders reporter for Sounder at Heart and various other outlets. But he's usually pretty dialed in to South America. And he says we're right up there, and I just wanted to know if you knew who he is and what was your take on him. Um, so, being completely honest, I, you know, I haven't watched too much. I'm aware of him. I'm aware of the player. Um, I haven't watched too much of him. Um, but I will say, uh, Bahia is, you know, they they had a strong season, um, and they're they're really built as, um, you know, as a team. Um, and a lot of their, you know, players that have, you know, great technical ability or uh, are great players in their own right, um, they right. will – maybe they don't shine as bright in that team um, mm-hmm. just because it's so – it's such a team-oriented. And they also don't have a big budget, so they can't really, um, you know, splash the cash on glitzy, glamour players. Um, but what I will say is, I mean, props to the Sounders and really a lot of those MLS teams – um, because some of the players they've been, been they've been getting out of South America recently, um, and Inter Miami um, yeah. have been you know great recruits. So if the Sounders are in for him and they're right there, um, you know I would I would probably say that um, he's got um, you know something that they see that and they're probably yeah. you know uh, pretty pretty dead on uh, with him. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry I couldn't give you more, but no, that's all right. Uh, I mean, I tend to trust it. I mean, they've made they're they've made good signings, and I know Garth specifically likes to target South America and Central America as opposed to Europe. Not that he's against going to Europe, but 
there's so many good players in South America, and generally you can, you know, especially when you're in Major League Soccer and you're, you, you have to do everything on a budget, even with the DPs, you know, or TAM players. Now, I mean, they have more money to spend, but generally you can get more for your money, you know. And uh, mm. we've done pretty well in South America. You look at some of our South Americans, you know, uh, Rui Diaz and Ladero. I mean, Nicholas Ladero, by far the best signing we've ever had, you know. Uh, just an amazing player, and uh, I love watching him play. So, you know. He's from and, Boca, so, yeah, that's why. No. Yeah, well, he's from Boca, Nacional, you know. So, but yeah, and I think Boca is the one team that could get him go back. I mean, he loves it here. But he said if there's one team he would go back to, it would be Boca Juniors. So, so <laughs> we don't want that to happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. But, uh, yeah, there's there's a strong allure for a lot of the big clubs um, in South America. I mean, you guys have obviously seen it that you know big name players from abroad are either coming back or being attracted to um, you know the the big big clubs. Um, and I'm I'm pretty hopeful that uh, more big names, either on you know the tail end of their career or you know mm-hmm. um, you know players coming back to South America. I, I'm hoping that that becomes more common. Um, yeah. Because I think it's great for you know exposure um, and also quality for the league. I mean, a lot of these right. leagues pump out youth products every day, and they there that's great. But you know, you need a little bit more consistency, um, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the the older players can bring that. Yeah, and and for me, the Copa Lib is my for me the best Champions League type tournament. All due mm. respect to the Champions League, in the world, it's 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 crazy. You you never know what's going to happen, uh, you know. And I, I, for me, that's by far my favorite. I love I like the Sudamericana too, but uh, I just love those those games. Even if I don't speak Spanish, yet I still watch it when it's on. I don't. You don't need to speak Spanish to understand no. what goal means, you know. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah and, exactly. But, yeah, the Copa Lib for me is just an amazing tournament, and it doesn't get nearly enough uh, exposure in the USA because all the games are great. You can never, you know, you can never count out even the minnows because the minnows seem to uh, come out like, oh, yeah, look what happened when Boca got knocked out, and that's how we got Ladero early. You know, they were not supposed to lose to that that. Colombian team, I think it was, that was really small. It's like, oh, yeah, not a chance. And then, bam, they, they lost. Yeah, so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I so. mean, even, I, I believe Amalek pushed Flamengo um, in, this, in the latest edition. So, you got to watch out for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's the surprise. That's, that's one of the things I had heard, is that because Brazil, because the Brazilian league is so rigid and not willing to change. I mean, they fire managers every 30 seconds down there. Is that these, this influx of European managers like um, Jorge Jesus, Jorge Jesus, whatever. I, I can get it, <laughs> but I don't feel like getting it. And Sam Pauli was down there. Is that that's no. real? I mean, that's what really lapped the league for Flamengo this year is that they were able to 
do it. And they, they held they held their own for a bit in the club world club against Liverpool. Oh yeah. I mean, for a while, I mean, there's such a stigma in Brazil um, regarding foreign coaches. And I mean, I'm sure there's a, a stigma amongst foreign coaches about going to Brazil. Cause like you said, they'll probably just get fired 30 seconds later. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, last season, I'm not sure, you know, how lasting, but it's quite possible we could look back at last season and see it as a watershed moment. Um, because so obviously we, we Santos, that being we, um, had Sampaioli, Flamengo obviously had Jorge Jesus, and that those two clubs finished one and two. Um, we also, Sampaioli was one of the two coaches uh, in the league that, um, or I should say, uh, Santos was one of the two clubs in the league that didn't experience a coaching change throughout the course of the season. Um, now, of course, we have a new coach. Uh, but again, uh, he's a European. Uh, he's the Portuguese manager, uh, Jesualdo Ferreira. Um, mm. He's managed all three of the big three in Portugal mm. um, and Braga. So, um, you know, if you want to count them as sort of the fourth biggest team in Portugal, which I think they probably are. So the mm. biggest teams there, he's also coached in the Middle East and had success. Um, so, yeah, he's 73, a little bit older. He's probably not going to be as animated um, as Sampaoli on the sidelines. Probably won't accrue as many yellow cards. Um, but another Euro in South America. And not only that, um, I saw, I think, I'm not sure if it was um, Venezuela or Ecuador. Um, the national manager from there is actually just joined up with um, Atletico um, Monero in Brazil. Um, Dudamel is his name. So, and he's Colombian, I believe. Um, so, you know, another foreign manager. So, I, I'm wondering if we just lived through sort of the the smashing of um, a foreign manager glass ceiling in Brazil. Um, again, this could be a total prisoner of the moment take, but um, things are looking up. And I think a lot of the rigidity as far as the playing styles, I think that was exposed by both Sampaoli and Jesus um, last season, and I think a lot of other clubs are smart enough to realize, okay, listen, we need some new ideas, and everything that's new and exciting and bold is coming out of Europe. It may be a good, it may be time, you know, to bring in a European coach. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, it wouldn't be bad to see the reverse. I mean, you see all the players going to Europe, so why not see some of the coaches come to Brazil? You know, because, uh, I mean, there's so many. I, I don't even think you can begin to count how many crazily talented players there are in Brazil that probably you haven't uncovered yet. I mean, if there was a team on the moon, there would be a Brazilian on it because I can't yeah. think of a league yeah. anywhere that doesn't have a Brazilian on it because there's just so many, uh, you know, that so are many. amazingly yeah. good. You know, and even in Brazil, like, ah, oh, yeah, he's okay, nothing special. But you get him on another in another country, you know, wow, this guy's great, you know, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, there's actually uh, – so I was doing a little bit of, you know, looking around, looking at maybe possible transfer targets for Santos. 
And uh, I had remembered we had, we were linked with this guy, Osmond Jr., um, who played for Bragantino, um, who are now Red Bull Bragantino. Um, but uh, before the Red Bull takeover in the Palista tournament last year, we were linked with him. He's a winger, speedy winger. And, mm. I mean, he looked really good. Um, he's, I'm not sure how old he was. You know, he's still in his 20s. Perfectly serviceable winner, uh, excuse me, winger, maybe a winner. Um, but yeah, and you know, I, I tried to keep up with him, um, and he ended up. I guess now he's in the second division in South Korea. Um, but, wow! I mean, just goes to show you, I, like, I mean, this is a guy who was a standout in the Paulista tournament, um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, now he's shipped over there. Um, I mean, just the the spread of these talented Brazilians. Um, is really quite remarkable, and I'm sure he's doing great over there. Um, there's just, I mean, the technical ability that a lot of these players develop is really mm-hmm. second to none, and you can you can just yeah. you can see that through every layer on the on the pyramid. You know, through you know a guy who's playing second division South Korea, all the way up to Neymar, um, who uh, I don't know if you guys saw that game for PSG today, but uh, man, they look good. I did not. They crushed that yeah. game. Yeah, no, I was at work, so that's a drawback of having to work for a living. I miss a lot of those uh, <laughs> early early afternoon games because you know, yeah, I, it's just too early uh, for me. But unless right. I stayed home, but not quite there yet. So, uh, and he does live I, on, I out hearing, on the west coast too. Yeah, I keep hearing that he might be moving back to Barcelona or you know. Uh, you know, he is a he's a peculiar tale because he's so talented. But uh, you know, and you gotta like him. He stayed at Santos for so long. I think it was Santos, but it's on. You know, everyone thought, oh, he's gonna leave. He's gonna leave. He's gonna leave. He stayed one more year. He stayed one more year, and then he finally left. But you know, uh, he did stay in Brazil a lot longer, I think, than people thought he would. Uh, you know, and then for whatever reason, I don't think the move to Paris is has worked out as much as he wanted. I mean, he's still great, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on him, you know, being the face of the Brazilian national team, which is what would have its own kind of pressure. And, you know, uh, he doesn't seem to get a lot of the, uh, you know, he can remember when he got that tackle in the world cup and he had to, you know, he just got roasted, and he had to broke a bone <laughs> in his back. You know, and it's like, damn. You know. No other uh, players. I mean, he doesn't get protected. I, mean, I guess that's a long, it's a long way around to say he doesn't seem to get protected. You know. Yeah, definitely. As stars are supposed to. Um, I'm not, not. I'm not a huge fan of Neymar. I think he's a great player. I'm just not a huge fan. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's an amazing player, but you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, well, I mean, I'm obviously a huge fan because he's a Santos alum. Yeah, um, I get he's it. He's a fantastic player. Um, yeah, and but I, I do believe. I, look, I think some of the um, some of the antics that you see him after a challenge maybe are a little yeah. too much. I would say, but so if if you've watched him this year, he's really, and I think also you know, it's inevitable. Someone who's been, I mean, this guy has been an extraordinary talent since, you know, he was nine, ten years old. Um, yeah, fair enough. And, I, yeah, 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 you know, so, like, when you, you know, when you grow up getting everything you want, 
and mm-hmm. he, I, I think he matured late. Um, but this year, especially, I've been, I'm like a proud <laughs> father. He's just been so mature, stuck to the football, no, no funny business. You know, he's still having fun, obviously. Um, yeah. And he's looked really good this um, this season. And usually, uh, I think most people sort of do their, you know, um, their annual um, just sort of write off of PSG in the in the Champions League. But this year, I think maybe it could be different. Um, mm-hmm. But you also bring up something that I would love to get both of your takes on because I've been thinking about this for a while. You brought up Neymar staying in Brazil um, for longer than usual. I think he was twenty two or 23 when he moved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I believe, uh, so the, originally the plan was he was going to stay until the, um, the 2014 world cup. Um, but it, it ended up just not working and Barca wanted him, you know, sooner. Um, yeah. but so if, I'm sure you guys have heard of this kid, this Flamengo, um, I hate to use this word. It's kind of cringy, but wonder kid, um, yeah. Haney air, um, who's probably going to be signing for for, for Real Madrid. Of course. Uh, for only about 35, yeah, 35 million euros. Um, and, again, he's wow. 19, maybe 20, something like that. Um, yeah. So and, and I was just kind of thinking, so what is, what's your guys' take on of the player? Because, obviously, if you want the player to reach his full potential, as mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do, right. I, I guess – general consensus is now get him into the, the super elite Euro clubs as soon as possible. Um, but I mean, Neymar hasn't been too impacted by his staying longer. Um, so, I mean, it's a little bit of a conundrum and also, you know, it's, it's healthier for the Brazilian league and financially for the clubs, the later they can sell them the right. bigger transfer fee. Um, and then the, the bigger solidarity payments they'll receive, in the future um, from future transfers. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just wondering, do you guys have a, a, a hot take to share about, you know, when a player should leave South America? Well, for me, uh, unless you want to go first, Steven, I for me, no if he's going to be, if he's going to step into Real Madrid and be in the starting 11 right out of the gate, great. Or, I mean, have to have a shot at it. Not that it's given to him, but he has a legitimate shot at being, you know, and the first team right away, then I'd say go. But uh, if he would be, you know, he's only 19. If he's going to be, he, if he stays at Flamingo, he's going to be the man, you know, for at least another year, maybe another, you know, a year and a half. I'd say stay, you know, because, you know, there's more pressure being the guy who has to be the guy as opposed to being just a member of the team. I mean, I would rather, I mean, if he's going to play, because if he stays, he's going to be automatic in the starting lineup barring, uh, injury or disciplinary stuff, you know, just if he's, it's his talents right there. Uh, you know, he still has to work. Cause I, as players go, and this could be for any sport, I want guys to play at the level where they're going to excel and still be challenged uh, as opposed to going to a bigger team and, and sitting and, you know, coming off the bench and, and, you know, being like a spot starter or whatever. I think, and at that age, I think he'd be more, uh, it'd be beneficial for him long-term to stay at least one more year uh, there and and just be, like, one of the top players in Brazil. So, which mm-hmm. – and he's going to be challenged because it's a very strong league. He's not going to, you know, 
be getting hat tricks every day. And if he does, it's like, wow, you know, the guy's great. <laughs> and what can he do? But it didn't seem to impact, you know, granted it's a different world when Pele, because he, you know, they didn't really go overseas until really late. You know, they club players didn't leave clubs back then. So, yeah, short of I say he should stay, you know, because I like to see players stay a little bit longer as opposed to move and then just sit. You know, especially a team like Real Madrid, which just stockpiles players because they get so many to choose from. Uh, then, then they end up, you know, it'd be like Chelsea had like 40 guys on loan, which doesn't really do anybody any good. So, you know, <laughs> so that's that's my take. Yeah. What about you, Stephen? See, I could see it both ways. Here, here's the thing: why it's happening the most, and you, I mean, you've seen people not go over like. I mean, why is Gonzo still in South America? Is that you're not seeing everybody go over? Because you have you have regional scouts in all areas, and let's not be let's not beginning to think that that these European teams aren't over here in the states. I know they are. I I, I know the different teams that are here in New York. So obviously, with the just the glut of players you guys can put out, I mean, they go think of it as what 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 does Santos usually do? I mean, the steamroller in the fifties and sixties basically proved the fact that about ninety percent of the Brazilian team that was winning all those World Cups was from Santos. I mean, we we can go through all of it. I mean, you, you guys didn't even touch players that were over at Cruzeiro at that time when they won the 66 um, Brazil Cup. So, I mean, I think of it on the other side. Think of it as someone, if you're sitting at PSG, you're, you're sitting somewhere, let's say even IX, is where you build these players up and you can get substantial. Look what, look what Barcelona got for Neymar. I mean, look what you're getting for someone. I mean, look what PSG was able to sell on for Ronaldo. For Rivaldo, mm-hmm. Romario. I mean, we're not too far off from Romario's kids coming through for some of the younger ones. I mean, unfortunately, Pele's kid didn't amount to much and is going to be going to jail pretty soon. But you, you, you've got... You've got to strike while the while it's hot. Now, of course, for every one that goes over there, you're going to have three or four that are going to hit. I mean, remember Kirsten? Remember that guy that used to go over that had that dolphin kick or whatever the hell that thing was? He was supposed to be the the one before the one before um, Neymar. It was supposed to be this great player, has it all, didn't hit. You never know with all these now. Real Madrid has found a couple. Barcelona's got our truer. And that's just what happens nowadays. I mean, that's even what you're not even seeing that. I mean, it's not even down there. It's in Argentina, too. I mean, for God's sakes, Messi should have made himself a Spanish citizen because he's been over there since was like 12 almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I also look at it from, like, if I was a fan of Santos, I'd want to keep him, you know, because I, as a fan of a team, I mean, let's be honest, every team in the world, 
with the exception of maybe two or three, are all sellers. We're all they're all sellers. And even, you know, every player's for sale at the right price and I get it. Oh, yeah. You know. But I've seen my you know, I I I remember when you see your players go, I mean, it's always a bummer, you know, like Yedlin when he left, I mean, he left and we got a, we got a nice fee, but maybe if he stays another year, do we get more? You never know, you know, so. Right. Uh, Yeah. And I think also, especially with South American clubs, um, at least I get the sense from Brazilian clubs, there's a huge sense of pride, you know, to see one of your boys that, you know, has been at the club as a youth player, you know, climbed the ranks, excelled domestically, and then now is excelling in Europe and internationally. Um, and I think there's a huge, I mean, Neymar especially is beloved uh, among yeah. Santos supporters. Um, you know, even, uh, even Robinho, uh, uh, even with, you know, sort of the controversy surrounded him, he still has legions of fans. Um, and same thing with Rodrigo, uh, you know, again, a Real Madrid purchase. Um, so yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm kind of with, with you guys. I, I'm still trying to think through, you know, when the, maybe it's different for each player and it probably is, but, um, yeah, it's, it's something that I think about quite often. Um, cause you've, mm-hmm. see, you've seen, I mean, Vinicius Jr., um, has all the raw talent. He's just going to take some time to develop. But, I mean, he was also, you know, frozen out for a little bit at the end of last season. Um, or, I'm sorry, at the, be- at the beginning of this season um, yeah. with Real Madrid. And, you know, is that great for his development? Um, so, yeah, just something that I think about. Yeah, and I want, I mean, a lot of times, you know, Europe's quick to jump on the, you know, to get the guy young because they want to save money. And I get it. You know, everybody wants to save money. But, uh, you know, I like to let the uh, teams in South America especially be able to sell from a position of strength once in a while, not always from uh, we got to move players because, you know, a lot of times that's how they make money. So, you know, and I uh, – but, you know, more money for the club, you know, is always good for the infrastructure of the club because, you know, we see too many – I mean – too many clubs that are starting to go out of, you know, not just in any league, you know, you had one go out in the football league in England, you know, this year, Barry, you know, Barry went out of business. Who knows what's going to happen? You know, this is the 21st century. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of money at the top, but it doesn't always trickle down. So anytime I, you can get it to trickle down to these smaller clubs, uh, and they can have a sustainable model, you know, it's great for for everybody because, you know, you need the, – the sport needs to be financially healthy as a whole, and I know that's probably impossible, but at least better, you know, because, you know, you look at Chelsea, how much money they lost, you know, uh, but, you know, Abramovich likes to just put a lot of money in. You know, if they don't make the Champions League, then they run out – they run in danger of uh, – of not being uh, compliant with financial fair play, you know, and, uh, and that's a Judas goat that we, I mean, that's a whole other kettle of fish, but, you know, uh, at some point the money is going to level out because, you know, it's, uh, it's just crazy how much money is being thrown around, but it's only a handful of teams that seem to be getting it all. 
So. Yeah, you know. yeah, definitely. And and actually, something that um, you guys you, you guys may have been aware of this, but so actually, club structure is different in Brazil. It's it's largely the same in South America, um, but they're all you know these associations. So technically, non nonprofit, um, mm-hmm. which there's tax benefits um, and there's sort of a cultural um, affection for that model. But um, things could be changing. Um, I was aware of, I'm not sure if it passed or if they're still debating, there's a law in the Brazilian government um, that they've been debating about, um, you know, tax loopholes specifically for the, the, the you know, soccer clubs um, that may entice them to convert into actual corporations, um, mm-hmm. which then obviously you can um, pump foreign money through, um, right. which could help with some of the the debt cuz no one maybe you know the nation of Greece but no one else other than Greece loves debt more than yeah. you know Brazilian soccer clubs um oh. but so there could be changes coming now uh Red Bull bought that club Bragantino in um mm-hmm in the Sao Paulo. So they were in uh, Serie, the, the second um, uh, league, the secondary league, Serie B. And mm-hmm. um, they bought the club because they could, their, their Red Bull Brazil franchise could not for the life of it, no matter how much money they'd put into it, couldn't get into the, the top flight. So they bought a Serie B. They're stuck in Serie D. But there's, um, they bought a Serie B club now, so they own two. Um, and they're going to be in the top flight next year. So now we have an incorporated um, club in the top flight. And also, um, and I haven't, I should be up to date on this. I'm not, so I don't have all the details. But Botafogo um, recently, towards the end of last year, voted to become um, to change the structure. Um, and so, depending on the, um, you know, the success of those two teams, um, it, you know, it, we could see a, a, a difference in um, the way clubs are run and structured in South or in, in Brazil, at least. Um, and yeah. then obviously you can see the need for some sort of FFP like the, ha- like UEFA has. Um, otherwise, yeah, you know, you get the wrong owner. You could have a Barry situation, which would be uh, very bad. I mean, if you guys, if you saw the, the destruction that was wreaked when Cruzeiro just, you know, was relegated, uh, a big club like that folding um, would mm-hmm. uh, would I would I would imagine it would get pretty bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean that that's one of the things that kind of scares me with being down being down there is what the perilous state a lot of these clubs are on, and it's it's not saying that American clubs aren't having that problem, but you will have such glorious clubs down there. Bosco, Santos, mm. Flamenco, Fluminense, Sao Paulo is all down there. And the fact that you can't readjust the line, the league, I mean, if you start allowing in the foreign coaches, you can really make the league worth watching because Obviously, we're all in America talking about Brazil. Imagine if we could get that thing, if that thing could get booted up where we could have 
an English pot on every team. Imagine you're you're talking to Marcelo doing the doing the flamingo pod at a bard in um Harrison, New Jersey. You're do you're doing one you're you're doing one before a big Santos match. That would be that would be huge for that'd be huge for the um the world of the sport. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And one of the you know, I think about that often as well, but one of the the problems is, I mean, again, like you said, you know, we're, we're, all three of us are Americans. We're, we're talking about, I mean, I listened to you, you guys talked to, you know, Gabrielle from Boca. Yeah. Like you said, Marcelo talking about Flamengo, but you know, also I, I listened to your podcast um, with the uh, Detroit sports writer whose name escapes me right now, but about DCFC uh, who are, they're my hometown team. Um, so mm-hmm. I love that, and you know we're t- we're talking about all these different things from all over, you know the mm-hmm. the, the globe on football, and um, in, in South America it seems to me that it's a bit different. You know Brazilians tend to, you know you you get people you know obviously watching the big European leagues, but they care about what's going on in Brazil, maybe a little Europe, but mainly Brazil, and then mm-hmm. you know in Argentina it's the same, in Ecuador it's the same, in Venezuela it's the same. Colombia, it's the same. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure how the growth, I think, would would have to come from, you know, places like Africa and North America where, you know, there's appetite for, for, for soccer content, um, but there's not like a looming huge, you know, there's not as many loyalties that are so, so deep as you'd see in South America and Europe. Yeah, no, and you're right, because most people here, you know, they, you know, I I remember when I first, I had a friend years ago ask me what my favorite team was, this is long before it was Sounders in Major League Soccer, they were just in the the APSL or the A-League, or, and I said, well, the Sounders are, well, who's your, who's your real favorite team? The Sounders are my favorite team, you know, and, you know, and I'm still, i you know, my favorite league to watch is Major League Soccer, I make no apologies for it, you know, I don't care, I mean, it could be Real Madrid, Barcelona, on at the same time as, you know, uh, Columbus, D.C. United, I'm probably going to watch the, the MLS game because that's the league I have an emotional attachment to. You know, uh, not Spain, you know, and, and there's great players, and I, I love watching Spanish soccer. I think it's, it's a great league, but, you know, I don't have an emotional attachment to it. So, And, you know, so I've always – I prefer to watch the the our league – I mean, I watch I watch a ton of soccer anyway. I watch you know I watch leagues all over the, from all over the world anyway. But you know, well, if I'm only going to watch one, which rarely happens, it's going to be a major league soccer game. So you know, but when you say um, with Brazilian, the way their clubs are set up, is it kind of like where they have like a sporting club where they have more than just uh, soccer, football? They have like basketball and stuff like that. Kind of like some of the the old like. Like Real Madrid and Barcelona are both like that, and they have basketball teams, like professional basketball teams. They both do, and and soccer and uh, other sports. It's not just football, or is it more just football? You know, in Brazil. Yeah, so it's exactly. So I, I've heard that called. I guess I think technically it's called the socio model, um, and yeah, it's exactly like Barcelona and Madrid only. Um, you know, obviously they don't have 
as you know the funds and the resources like those right. clubs. Um, but yeah, precisely. I mean, um, a lot of the uh, so Santos doesn't have a basketball team, but um, a lot of the karaoke uh, the the clubs from Rio, the, the Rio, um, the state and the city, but they'll they have um, basketball teams. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of the clubs were founded as, you know, rowing clubs, um, like Flamengo um, and uh, Corinthians. Uh, you can see, yeah. the, you know, the oars um, in mm-hmm. their, their crest. So, yeah, exactly like that. You know, they'll have members that vote on, um, you know, a board. Um, yeah. And they'll have elections, much like, Stephen, I know you're well-versed. I couldn't believe how well-versed you guys were in, like, the Boca politics. I try to stay <laughs> away from that on Twitter just because – you know, if I tweet the wrong thing, I could get some angry people because, um, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. I, well part, of that, is, part of that, Pedro, is I just spent three years writing a Boca history book. So I'm quite in-depth. And, and, and Gabrie, Gabrielle, outside of do, being actual Argentinian and being a Boca fan, he's a surgeon. He's going to be a doctor at New York Med. Damn 25-year-olds doing everything, not slowing down. (laughs) I I text him like five times a month going, all right, what day? He goes, no, I'm chasing ambulances. But no, see, that's (laughs) the thing. It's probably like with you, Pedro, with getting with Santos is... Is that you could you could get deep into the weeds into it, but that's the problem with South American sports. Is that's why I did the bulk of book and why Dan Williamson is going to do a bigger one that's coming out later this year. He may have the best. Dan Williamson may have the best bulk of book. I'm going to have the I first. Don't know about that. Oh, oh, trust me. I know what it, <laughs> I know. Some of the stuff he's put in this book. Oh, he's actually gotten to. He's actually gotten to the um, former players. I never did. So, yeah. yeah, so I'm looking at this going, oh, yes, but I'm still going to be the first. Does it matter? There if you mine, go. Doesn't mind if mine only sells 150 and his sells 3,000? I'm the first. I'm the first. But that's the problem <laughs> with doing stuff in South America is unless you know the language – or you know someone down there, you're not really going to get too in-depth. And if you do something historical outside of Santos, I mean, Santos wasn't that hard to find anything on because of Pele. But if you start digging deep, you're not going to find anything. I just did something big on Cruzeiro in the 60s, and God, that was hard. Holy crap. I was fortunate on that one, but that that's the thing, Pedro, is that's what, what we need is more things like this, is where you can talk to you guys and go, all right, let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And that's, again, that's why I love following all like the English language South America. And there's a bunch, I mean, you guys know, there's a bunch of them now. I just the other day, oh, yeah. I followed in, in um, Paraguayan Olympia, UK. Uh, account, which I wasn't aware of, um, but I'm excited to follow. And we're actually playing them in the uh, Libertadores group stage, so uh, looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I couldn't agree more. And um, 
Yeah, football Twitter is, is, is a great place. Um, you know, it can be a brutal place if your team isn't doing well. You know, I, I see some of the Manchester United fan accounts just getting you know, incinerated. But uh, mm-hmm. it's really it's, – it's a, it's a great community. And, yeah, it's, it's great to learn things, um, you know, about clubs that maybe aren't, uh, you know, accessible don't, – don't have a lot of accessible information in English. Um, so I think there's a lot of value. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was when I found uh, Besiktas' website, and, you know, they have an English-language website, so uh, I was able to, because uh, my conversational Turkish is not is non-existent, <laughs> but I do have a soft spot for Turkey, you know, when I, it's going back to my hotel days when the Euros, remember the Euros when... Uh, Turkey was the, like the cardiac kids. They were coming from. They were. They would come storming from behind. The only game I think they led in the whole tournament was against Germany, and they lost. But they would be behind, and they would come, and they would win, and they would win. They'd win at the death, and they had you know, uh, you know, out of Turin, and they had a great team. But I worked in. A, I was working in a hotel, and we had a bunch of uh, Turkish airline employees for staying in the hotel because they were. Of course, it's Seattle, so they're getting planes. And my hotel was not far from one of the airports where a lot of those planes would would fly out of. So we had all these Turkish uh, empl- airline employees, and they were all stoked about the Euros. And I became, you know, Turkey was my second favorite national team after the USA after that. So a lot of guys like, why on earth do you like, as I said, I love uh, the Turkish national team. Why on earth do you love Turkey? Make me understand. So I went through that whole story. Because, oh, I get it. So, I mean, it was a blast. I mean, so. I spent two weeks making these guys uh, food. So, you know, I got to watch the games. It was a blast. I mean, so. And I want to go to Istanbul and watch one of the big, one of the derbies of the big three. I don't care which one, Fernabache, Galatasaray. And a friend of mine is a huge Fernabache fan. So, uh, he's Turkish. And that adds to the flavor. So, you know. So I mean that's that's football man. You get these weird stories like you know like that. You know how did you get into it? Well, that's how I became a fan of Turkey. You know, so and they're just fun to watch. And the, I wish the Turkish league was on here because that league is is crazy. Yeah. So it is. Eric yeah. Krakauer, Eric I don't Krakauer. get be in sport though. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say it. It is. It is yeah. on, but. We don't, you don't get it. So, I, I did for like a minute because I'd set my uh, my DVR to record any any Besiktas games, and I think I had one on there uh, in in the Turkish league, and I had them once in a in a Europa League game where they got, I think they played Liverpool and just got hammered. So, oh uh, yeah, we won't be watching that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but I don't, you know, like my cable company's in a spat with PN Sports, so uh, I don't get it. So. And now, it's not I will ESPN say, Plus yet, so. I will say, and, you know, you know, there's there's many options online, uh, both legal and maybe in a gray area. So um, I think that if it's being streamed, um, yeah. you could probably find it online uh, somewhere. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's true. I that's usually a lot of work. I've done that. Like I'm going to watch this game and then trying to find a stream. Oh, you know, 
And even with, like, yeah, the think... Open Cup, trying to find the U.S. Open Cup and trying to find a stream. And it's streamed by U.S. Soccer, it cannot, which seems, in theory, oh, great. Go to U.S. Soccer's website, good to go. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But I'm hoping you know, this year there... is better. So There was, so, um, in... Coming back to Brazil, actually, so Flamengo, actually, on their YouTube channel, um, did live broadcasts of a couple of their games towards the end of the season. Um, I saw Marcelo tweeting about it, um, which I think is a great idea. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of the clubs, um, I mean, you, get, you guys obviously have seen the impressive marketing blitz that the Premier League has always been putting on. Um, and the Brazilian League has nothing like that. But there are a few clubs... Uh, I would include Santos in that, that really have great social media. And, yeah, um, yeah I think that's a great marketing strategy to, to stream uh, free on YouTube, um, you know, to countries outside of, let's say, Brazil or even just outside of South America. Um, mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, it draws people in and uh, it's, it excites people and it's a great access point. Because otherwise, I mean, I've looked at a bunch of options for Brazilian Football. Actually, I, I I used to pay. There's an app. Um, uh, forgetting their name, but it, I don't want to plug them anyways. Uh, but there was a, there was a streaming service quite like Suba that was focused on uh, Portuguese language, and I, I I paid for a couple of months, and but the service was so bad that I canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I wish that more clubs would um, you know offer content or, you know, streaming on Facebook Live. or And, guys, if you're interested in youth tournaments, uh, the Copinha, um, I have to bring this up, is going on now, which is the most prestigious youth tournament um, in South America, or actually probably in Brazil, but also in South America. Um, and uh, it's available to stream on an app called MyCujo. Um, I don't know if you're aware of that. Or Facebook Live. Yeah, oh, I am yeah. aware of that. Um, yep. So um, they've done a great job, too, making it um, accessible. And there's so many games, too. Um, so uh, that may be something to check out if you are uh, listening and are into youth uh, football. Yeah. That, that, would be, that would be great. That, is, that would be one of the great ones to get into. Well, anyway, we're getting up towards the end. This is not going to be the last time we're going to have you on this year, Pedro. We might – we might have to circle back around sometime in the middle of the year when there's actually Brazilian stuff to talk about. So <laughs> anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, guys, this has been fun. We're going to be back next week, of course, usual. And we're going to have a little bit more fun this year. There's going to be a little bit more teams that I haven't talked about. And I'm going to get some of the big shooters here. I will get the Cooligans this year. I'm going to step up and get, get Christian and, um, Alexis, I won't get those two this year. Maybe, maybe I'll try for Daryl Grove this year. Maybe I have to I have to run it by him this year. But anyway, it's it's going to be fun. I will. We will talk to you guys again next week. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. All right, have a good one, guys. Hey, you too.